Music has the ability to transport you, not only to a place personal to you, but to a different time or era. This is the magical quality of Gabriella Cohen's music. On her third album, Blue No More, Gabriella has stirred up the past, combined it with a fresh future, and given us an eclectic mix of style and genre, with many well-placed throwbacks that will make you smile and reminisce, but also bloody well dance, and maybe even cry. We're so excited to welcome Gabriella Cohen for our first interview here on the Tuck Shop for 2022. G'day, Gabriella. Hello, Mick. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, it's so exciting to talk to you. Um, you know, it's the start of the year. We're fresh. We're excited. We're, you know, looking forward to, you know, positive year, you know, hopefully. And um, you've released an album so early on in the year. It's like only three weeks in. Uh, is, have you been sort of sitting on this for a while, just waiting for that right moment to release it? But also, congratulations. It's an amazing record. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, yeah, the introduction was really good. You should write my next bio because <laughs> those words are good. Um yeah, no, it feels great to have the album out so early. I guess I really wanted it to be uh, out um, in time for summer because, yeah, yeah, it would just be a bit depressing if it came out later than that. Then then it would really be blue. Um, <laughs> um, but, yeah, summer's good. Summer is good. And, and you're up in Queensland, I believe, where it's even warmer than, you know, some other parts of Australia. And did, did, did the environment around you and where you live now, I know you recorded it um, in a very different way to previous records. Um, did mm. the environment around you infect some of the, the making of this music and, and how it sounds? Absolutely. I'm like a sponge. I think I, I, I guess everyone, most artists are. But yeah, definitely. I uh, wrote most of yeah i think i wrote the entire record in queensland so mm -hmm. and coming back here to all the places where i did write it and record it it's really um sentimental and nostalgic and yet yeah, this kind of weather always brings back those memories you know yeah, awesome. yes. weather does that, right? Like weather and music can bring you back mm. to the time and place and, and how you feel. And um, I was just in Queensland last week and I, it's a different feel up there. I mean, you've, you've lived in Melbourne, you've lived all around the world, I guess. But, you know, Queensland has a real different um, feel. It's, it's humid. It's it's sort of a mm. different um, vibe. It's tropical. Well, you're, you're near a tropical forest, I believe. And it's kind of sleepy. I just <laughs> love how sleepy Queensland is. Maybe I'm just talking about Brisbane, but every time I'm in Brisbane, I just can't get over what a sleepy little village it is compared to Melbourne or Sydney. You know, it's <laughs> like, it could be like 10 p.m. and there's one car just cruising <laughs> down the road. It's amazing. Love it. I'd love to go back a bit. You know, when did this album first start coming together? How did you pull it all together? You know, can you tell us a bit about the story of, of how it was created? I was walking around New Orleans. Nothing was coming. Got a flight back to Melbourne. Moved in with my sister in St Kilda, which is... The best thing I could have done and started writing there and but again it just took a very long time and writers writers block isn't fun when you're trying to get your third record underway yeah. but it all I guess it all kind of came together at the start of 2021 where I recorded uh, three songs and I wrote them like very fast wait yeah. I'm rambling I wrote them very fast and then recorded them like a couple of weeks later which is crazy yeah right um crazy good because usually there's like a big backlog and it's years and years and you're singing about things you don't remember but <laughs> yeah uh yes yeah, so i recorded them with sam cromack and then a couple more with some other friends 
and it all came together really fast. So you've, despite like the long blur. the long gap between albums, when you actually started getting there and, and, and the and everything twigged and the writing worked, it all happened quite quickly. Yeah, but then again, I think I've just blanked everything out because the process <laughs> was so long and um, arduous at times. <laughs> but yeah, I think the thing that I loved the most was writing and recording a lot of it in my my family home in Queensland in the cabin. Mm. And you can kind of hear like the sounds of the rainforest and the birds. And I really like that about the record. You mentioned working with Sam Cromack on a number of these tracks, including I think Frangelica Dreams and I Just Got So High. You know, what was the experience like working with him? You know, how did that creative partnership kind of blossom, I guess? Uh, I I had never, I've always been a giant fan of ballpark music and my, um, my good friend who produced the last two records with me, Kate Dillon, she went to university with Sam. She was in the same year as him. And she, for years, she's always been like, you got to work with Sam because I'm, I'm obsessed with the trickery of pop. And he's like a pop. He's a pop dude. He's a pop wizard. <laughs> and so I just cold called him, which was super nerve wracking for me. But he was so lovely. And I was kind of like, Sam, I need a song doctor. Here are my songs. <laughs> And he was like, yep. And then we went into the studio. Yeah, and we really gelled. And he, it was a, it was a pleasure working with him. It's, um, it felt like Christmas because I hadn't been in the studio for a really long time or like a proper studio because Kate and I used to just make studios out of anything really. <laughs> like the last one we made was in a farm. We just put some mattresses up. and Anyway, so working with Sam was like amazing. It was a step up. Not that Kate was a... Kate was amazing, but, you know, this is, it's the natural progression, you know? Sure. For sure. There's such a, a, yeah. a lovely breeziness to this album. You know, it's so light and airy and it gives the feeling of kind of a, a long drive or perhaps a Queensland afternoon, you know. Was that a, <laughs> oh, was yeah. that a reaction to the last few years in a way? Did you want to give listeners a bit of a reprieve or even like yourself a bit of a, a, a happy place to go to because it's been a pretty hectic few years to say the least yeah absolutely i wanted like i mean i don't know how easy going it is but i just i really just wanted to make a laid back or mostly laid back record with some something people can kind of just like tune out to if they if they wish and yeah i think the last couple of years i mean to be honest for me in the pandemic the last couple of years have been very restful i've just rested mm. i haven't they haven't been hectic at all <laughs> um so i've been really fortunate in that but i think the last records that i have made personally for me are much too noisy so i just wanted to like get away from that i was wondering that because you're a big traveler i believe you know you sounds like you're walking you know you've been in new orleans you've been all around the world you've talked about working with choirs from around the world as well um you know and, and world music Sort of is a big inspiration to you, I, I feel. Um, mm. But this has all been obviously made from home. There's no very, very little travel at the moment. And how, mm. how have you been satiating that jet hopping passion that you know you probably want to get out there and see the world again? But do, are you sort of quite settled now? Are you feeling quite happy where you are? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I crashed real hard when it f- I first came back um, yeah. from America, and I was like what is this? What is life? You know, like, what is life 
I was working at a fish and chip shop and I had like a hard case of reality. It was good. It was like humble pie. <laughs> so yeah, I it took me like a year or two to to settle in a way because I was pretty used to being on the road for like the past five years. Mm. And and then, yeah, now, now I feel a little settled. I just have to figure out if I want to be in Melbourne or Queensland, you know? But they're good options to have. <laughs> totally. Um, I wanted to ask you about a, a specific track, the opener for Angelico Dreams. It's just joyous. I, I really, really love it. Can you talk us through how that one came together? For Angelico Dreams, it it kind of it started. Um, I do morning pages if I'm good in the morning, which is just like, uh, you know, do you know what morning pages are? Just um, I don't, I three don't really pages. Know. Is that a kind um, of journaling just, thing? Yeah, just as fast as you can, stream of consciousness. And some of the lyrics came from that. And then I was sitting at my kitchen table and I had just finished reading Brian Wilson's autobiography, which was super heavy, really dark. Mm. And I felt uh, really bad for the guy. He's just been through some awful experiences. And there was a little box of Frangelico liqueur in the corner of my eye. And then and that was it. And I just wanted to write a song for him, you know, instead of writing about, you know, p- petty woes and love, which is just what I know. What I what I know. So I was like, okay, got to write a song for Brian. That's awesome. Uh, so you, you wrote it with him in mind after reading his biography. Um, you know, he is a musical genius himself. But uh, what was it about? Is there something about him or just the Beach Boys sound that you sort of like as well? Because it's not really. You know, it's hard to replicate that sound without sounding sort of kitsch and, you know, <laughs> Beach mm. Boys. But was there something about his the way that he makes music that sort of inspired you in that song? No, I wasn't thinking about him music. No, there was – I didn't – I mean, if there is, it's, it's unconscious. But <laughs> it was more like through his eyes because, sure. you know, that period where he was in bed for like five years and he was kind of like crazy schizophrenic and he wouldn't leave the house – and it was very, very paranoid. That's the kind of bit that I was writing about. Right. Like the really sad part. Yeah. Uh, but musically, I think I was uh, mostly inspired by the kinks. Yep. Mm. Cool. Yeah. I love Frangelico too. I used to get so many bottles of Frangelico and I, for some reason I just rarely drink it. But when I drink it, I'm like, oh, I like this. But then I always forget it's there. It's just sort of like getting dust in the back of the cabinet. You know, it's funny. I've never tried it until a couple of months ago <laughs> really? when someone was like, yeah, it's, and it's amazing. It's like Ferrero Cher liquid. Mm. I love it. Well, we're on, we're on the tuck shop here on 2SER chatting to Gabriella Cohen. We're going to play that track right now. Frangelico Dreams, the very first album from, very first album, the very first song from Blue No More, Gabriella Cohen's third album. And we'll be chatting to Gabriella Cohen right after this. That right there was Frangelico Dreams, taken from the wonderful Gabriella Cohen's new album, Blue No More. And Gabriella is on the line. How are you doing, Gabriella? 
I'm brilliant. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> now, there are definitely two halves to this album. You know, the first is, is much more energetic and up-tempo, and the second half kind of takes this huge turn and becomes very kind of chilled and, and, and introspective. Were you thinking about how it would even play out on a vinyl record when you structured it that way? Why did, why did you end up creating the kind of two halves structure? Well, I mean, yeah, I always try and avoid the the structuring of the songs. I leave that to the very last minute because it's I, – I never want to think about it. But to be honest, it would have been, like, really bipolar if I mm. – because I tried to throw in the the softer ones at the start, but it was just, like, up, down, up, down. It was too much, and I don't think it would be very pleasant for the listener. And then I remembered um, th- there's a – uh, a band called Megapus and it was kind of members of Devendra Banhart and the Strokes and they had this great record and the first side was Morningside and the second was Eveningside mm. and I loved how they kind of split up you know the worlds musically yeah. and so yeah there are so many influences in here and so many different little bits and pieces because you're you're such a polymath in the way you approach music. It's it's such a mix. How do you make sure you're not going to overclutter things? You know, how do you say, okay, you know, that's it. If I if I put anything more in there, that's going to go too far. You know, what is that point for you? Ah, uh, I guess I wouldn't say. I don't know. I think it, I guess it's a feeling. I never really give my want to give myself any rules or boundaries because that just hinders any creativity I feel um but yeah I think I just wanted 10 tracks and they were the ones that were just sitting up being like me you know <laughs> did, did Sam come Pick in and, and did, did Sam come into any of the songs he'd already written and, and change anything drastically like you know from his perspective sort of you know, think that things need to be a little bit different no, um, they were all they're all pretty much done. I just needed um, he kind of doctored some transitions with me and was really brilliant playing a lot of the instruments and singing mm. backups. But the songs were um, everything was there. Yep. Yeah, um, I love the lyrics on this record. Like you say, they are sort of it is it does feel summery and it does feel light a lot of the album. But if you read read into the lyrics, there's a lot going on. Um, <laughs> in 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 your head, you know, in your head, I guess. But they've come out in in on, on paper and they've come out on this record. Uh, are there personal moments on here that maybe are sort of disguised in song? Uh, I, I know it's hard not to write personal songs, but uh, did you sort of do that on purpose? Want to put some personal things in there? I mean, I don't really know how not to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wasn't I just, sure. I didn't I want just, to presume it was all personal, you know, because some some songwriters like to write things. No, it's true. You know, that yeah. <laughs> and yeah, and they're great at presenting something or like in a different way. Or yeah, no, there's no secrets. It's like an open book, and I've got all the lyrics now on the back of the record. So it, I guess it's just like reading my diary. It's all. <laughs> it's more, all out there. The morning papers, as I've now learned something yeah. I didn't know about this. Yeah, it's very cool. <laughs> um. Hey, but I, I love the, the imagery of some songs like 24 Sexton Street. You talk about eating mangoes in bed, um, Summer of Love, uh, the best sunsets you've ever seen. I, I You know, I love that imagery. I, I really love the way it flows in those songs. And, yeah, it's one of my favorites on the record for sure. Oh, that makes me really happy. Thank you. That's good to hear. Is there a yeah. track on the album that you're most proud of, do you think? 
uh, I love just for the summer. I love it so much. Yeah. I don't even think I wrote it. I don't even remember <laughs> writing. It happened so fast. But I was, I was trying to go for like a mixture of stuck in the middle of you and a bit of uh, California by Joni Mitchell. Oh, and wow. and a bit of Seinfeld slap bass, <laughs> and that all happened because it was <laughs> Sam played the slap bass in that song, which right. I love. It's great, but yeah, that song I just dance to it every time I hear it. And I know you shouldn't dance to your own music, but I really, I really do skip down the street. And really, I didn't know that was a rule. So happy about it. I thought dancing to your own music was it was a good thing. Is it allowed? I don't know. I think it's allowed for sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I mean, when you play these songs live, you know, we want to see you dancing, right? It's you- true. Yeah. <laughs> and the crowd yeah. get into it. Uh, <laughs> um, as we were mentioning, yeah, the last two years, so even though it's been a time of relaxation as well for some people, uh, it's obviously been very hard to perform music and to connect with fans mm. and, and get out there. Uh what is sort of what is the big part of getting out on the road again that you're looking forward to? Obviously, not the the, the jet lag or the um, <laughs> long hours overnights, mm. but uh, what are the parts that you're looking forward to? I just want to play to people and feel a human connection again. I mean, not that I I feel a lot of connection on Instagram, but I <laughs> I really just want to yeah see people's faces and um, and you know, make them smile and yeah, I think everyone's just dying for some interaction. Yeah. And I really hope that the um I'm going on tour hopefully in March Ooh. and April if if we're allowed. Exciting. So yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. It's been so wonderful to have you on the show. We're gonna finish up with the track Blue No More, the title track. It's such a stunning one. Can you talk about writing that song? It's my mother. My mother's very worried when she heard that song. She was like, Gabriella, is anything wrong? (laughs) (laughs) My my parents were very freaked out by the last two songs on the record. Uh, Yeah, that song, uh, it's like um, it was a a mantra that I I recorded that in like two seconds. It all came about very fast. And that was just supposed to be like a random little demo. But then I just fell in love with it. And I even though I wrote it very unconsciously, it was really reflective of those times, you know, like yeah. the, the pits of isolation, I guess. Mm. Yeah. You're talking about the city being wonderful. Is that Was that Melbourne you were singing about? No, that was Brisbane. Okay, cool. Or I'll... just any city in general. <laughs> Fair enough. You but know? I, yeah. I love the influences in there, though. The, the, so, you know, the... the the mixture of, like, as I was saying at the top of the of the sh- of the interview, is the genres that you can pull into some of these songs, um, almost effortless, effortlessly. But I know that there's a lot going into it because I know you've probably listened to so much music, and these sort of bits and pieces of music are getting into your head and then coming out in different ways. But but every song uh, has a, a, I feel like a different influence or a different era, a different mm. time, time inspiring it. And I just love that it's all together on one record. It's like a big salad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And you got crunchy bits, and you got like you know yeah. sweet bits, and then you've got yeah. like you know <laughs> yeah, I love it. Totally, it's a good description. Uh, a song salad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, we've loved chatting to you on the Tuck Shop today, Gabriella. Uh, really, really um, love the album, and everybody out there should go and check it out. Blue No More from Gabriella Cohen. Um, we, we love having you on the Tuck Shop. One one thing we're going to do this year with our interviewees is ask them about mm-hmm. their favourite memory of a Tuck Shop or a child or a canteen at school. Can you remember what you used to get? Mm. What was the, like a food that you would love to eat when you were back at high school or primary school? 
that's funny. You know, I often dream of the tuck shop and I dream of queuing up in the line. I think in, in primary school, I I think I ordered like a donut because I w- wasn't really allowed to go to the tuck shop. My parents were a bit funny with that. You know, I had like the oh, paper yeah. bag sandwiches <laughs> thing. But yeah, I ordered donuts sometimes or maybe in my dreams I do. I'm not, I don't know if I'm confusing the memory for a dream, but it was definitely a donut. Love it. <laughs> well, that's beautiful. Um, thank you so much for chatting to us on the Tuck Shop today. Um, good luck with everything. We look forward to seeing you out on the road, especially um, around the country. Thanks so much for having me and your kind words. I really appreciate it.